Is this real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide, no escape from reality. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. I'm just a poor boy. I need no sympathy because I'm easy come, easy go. Little high, little low. Anyway, the wind blows doesn't really matter to me, to me. Some song words are so ingrained in us. Uh, if that just passed you by, that of course is, uh, I say of course, that's Bohemian Rhapsody uh, by Prince. See, some words, is it not Queen? And yeah, Queen, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I got one of those mixed up. Some words, we just know them in our subconscious. And we pick up the words again after perhaps years of hearing such words. They're totally ingrained. How's it? Sports camp for the last three weeks, waiting to go into the meeting room, singing lots of songs as you do at young people's camps. And this song was being sung by 12-year-olds and 14-year-olds and 17-year-olds. They knew these words off by heart. This song was released on the 31st of October, 1975. The song is older than me. What is it about this song that has stood the test of time? Words that have passed down, perhaps in this case, three generations. Don't miss this. I am the good shepherd. These words proclaimed by Jesus have pervaded the course of Israel's history. So when Jesus announces twice in a very short space of time, I am the good shepherd, it is like hearing Bohemian Rhapsody and reciting those words of Ezekiel 34. And Jesus is saying, I'm the one who is God's shepherd. So to quote another infamous classic by Slim Shady, would the real Jesus please stand up? And here he is. I am the good shepherd. Please don't miss this. Ezekiel 34, the first 33 chapters of Ezekiel. Ezekiel the prophet is preaching judgment to God's people. He's preaching about the future destruction of Jerusalem, the place where God's people reside, ah, where God is with them. So much doom, so much gloom. But then Ezekiel prophesies of a good God, a God who promises that he will rescue his true sheep. So I'm going to read from Ezekiel 34 and look out for two things. Look out for God's judgment on the failed shepherds. Those who should have been feeding the sheep, those who should have been leading the sheep. But instead they've exploited the sheep and made them scatter far and wide. And secondly, look out for God's rescue. He will provide a shepherd because the shepherd is going to be Jesus himself. Let's go, Ezekiel 34, uh, the page number is 866. I'm gonna read quite a big chunk because it's too good to miss. And it feeds into John 10, another I am saying of Jesus, where the real Jesus is standing up. And he's helping the people present know exactly who he is. And therefore, uh, for us today at Town Church, Ezekiel 34, let's read from verse 7. 
Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd and so has been plundered and has become food for all the wild animals. And because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than for my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. Those words in Ezekiel 34 would trip off the tongue of any young Jew, any old Jew, any very old Jew. It's like the Bohemian Rhapsody for us. And so when Jesus enters the situation, he says, I am the good shepherd. It's big. It's far bigger than what we appreciate today. Let's just see why this is big and what Jesus is saying in the context. Three things that I think are worth picking up. One, the old shepherds have failed. Look, John 10, verse 12, the hired hand is not the shepherd, does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. And the man runs away because he is a hired hand, cares nothing for the sheep. So compare that with Ezekiel 34, so very similar. Throughout the Old Testament, the judges, the kings, those who had been given responsibility by God to lead his people. Look, they've scattered. They've scattered the sheep by their behavior. And Jesus is speaking in the context directly to the Pharisees. The Pharisees are there those who've been given responsibility by God to give his people his word and they're questioning Jesus look at chapter 9 look at the sign there's you know throughout John's gospel you've seen it you've heard it being taught that the I am sayings are coupled with signs signs of the Lord Jesus that back up who he is So look in chapter nine with me and let me just pull out again. And I I know that we are jumping around and reading big chunks, but I think it's so important for us to do that um, today. Look at chapter nine and we see this man who was born blind, 
who, verse 6, after saying this, Jesus, he spat on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, put it on the man's eyes. Now, he said, go, wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. And then there's a judge and jury out. The Pharisees cannot believe this. Look at verse 13. They brought to the Pharisees the man who'd been blind. Verse 16. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath, speaking of Jesus. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. And the man replied, he's a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? Well, we know he's our son, the parents asked. It's turning into like a, a comedy sketch. And so we go on, verse 22. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. They were nervous of what the Jewish leaders would think of them. So verse 24, a second time they summoned the man who'd been been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, I I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? Verse 27, he answered, I've told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciple. And then verse 34, the conversation continues like a comedy sketch. I was thinking, what is going on? Verse 34, to this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Now comes the commentary in chapter 10 when we read Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. He's speaking right into that context of chapter 9. The Pharisees abuse the man. How dare you speak to us like that? The very ones who were given the keys to understanding the law, they have abused their position. And too much is at stake. And so they say, you're a sinner. How dare you? By implication saying, we're not. You're a sinner. We are not. And Jesus is saying, Ezekiel 34, the old shepherds have failed. Now I've arrived. I am the good shepherd. And look what those who have still been given responsibility about God are doing. They're failing God's people. Here's the application of this point, I think, for us today that I think is helpful. You see the overseers, the pastors, teachers, elders of current churches, they're all under shepherds of God's people, the church. Let's go over the last 10 years. Over the last 10 years, we've seen scandal after scandal of the leaders of God's church. Teaching false doctrine, renouncing faith, therefore leading others astray because of their responsibility. Using their authority to undermine, sexually prey on those that trust them. 
promising all sorts of blessings in exchange for extortionate financial commitment, abusing their position of trust over the vulnerable. You see, this is just the last 10 years. The under shepherds of God's people. And here Jesus is speaking to those who have been entrusted by God to speak the truth of God to the people. And yet they've abused their position. Looking at town church is why we set up town churches we do. It's why we ask you to keep your leaders accountable. It's why we have the structure that we do. It's why as uh, under shepherds of God, myself, Johnny and Simon, we, we try and teach God's word about Jesus. We, we try and point to Jesus. We hope that being in Jesus, we're being conformed to the likeness of him. We're not perfect, but if we stop pointing you to Jesus, that's when you must step in. You must step in. As God's people. And here Jesus is saying, no, I am the good shepherd. I'm the ultimate shepherd. You have been given responsibility, the under shepherds, and you have not fulfilled it. They haven't been able to do what only the good shepherd himself could do. So one, the old shepherds have failed. Two, the good shepherd has to die for his sheep. Look at verse 11 of chapter 10. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. It was expected that the shepherd would tenderly care for the owner's sheep. Often risking their own life to make sure that the sheep was, the sheep were being looked after. Think of the lost sheep, shepherd that would go after the 99, uh, sorry, leave the 99, go after uh, the one. (laughs) Very seldom did that happen, but they were at risk. But when the danger got too much, that was the time for the hired worker to clear out. Johnny painted a true picture, didn't he? Uh, two weeks ago of the Middle Eastern shepherd. A few thousand years ago, the shepherd was the sheep's lifeline. Without the shepherd, the sheep were dead. So what does Jesus say here? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I've come to die, Jesus says. My death is the only way to truly care for you. My death is the only way that will bring you back to God. Johnny said it, we're all sheep. We're all sheep. You might want to be a lion. You might want to be an eagle. But the Bible says we're sheep. And we've walked away from God, the good shepherd. And there is huge danger that we will perish without him. And there is a wolf out there, and it's the biggest wolf that we will all face. God's judgment is the great wolf, and we need protected from it. And you see what Jesus does? Crystal clear. I have to do. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
I lay down my life for the sheep. It's crystal clear what Jesus does. His death was neither an accident. His death was not a symbol of love. His death was the atoning sacrifice. His death was the only way to bring me back to God. His death was the way that he would save me from the wolf of God's judgment. The judgment that was rightly mine is rightly yours. Crystal clear. Look, verse 17, 18. The reason my father loves me is that I laid down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. Here's the good shepherd in action. I've come and I must, I must look after my sheep. And here's the only way to look after them. It's to protect them from the great wolf, the judgment of God. And so the Lord Jesus takes the judgment of God instead of me. The old shepherds have failed. The good shepherd has to die for his sheep to really care for them. And then third and lastly, look, we all like sheep have gone astray. We need a good shepherd. Look at the words of verse 16. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Verse 14 and 15, I know my sheep, my sheep know me. There are other sheep. I'm one of them. You're one of them. And look what the good shepherd knows. He knows our names. He knows our faces. He knows our very beings. He saw us and he saw the danger that we were in. And so we're fully dependent on him. Today, you and I, whether you know it or not, you and I are fully dependent on him. He created us. And if we trust in him, he has saved us. And I think there are five, well, way more perhaps, but five key things in application. One, perhaps you need to recognize that you're a sheep. And that's not easy. Do you know that's, it's downright humbling. It looks weak. The world says, don't be weak. Be strong and the strength is within you. And the Bible says, no, no, no. You're utterly dependent on your savior and you've walked away from him. And therefore you're utterly dependent upon rescue. Do you need to recognize that you're a sheep? Perhaps you need humbling today. Second, see to it that you need a good shepherd. So if you recognize that you are a sheep, utterly dependent upon a shepherd, will you see to it today that you need the good shepherd? Not any other shepherd, not any other leader, not any other fashion fad. It's not a facelift you need. It's not a pay rise. It's not a promotion. It's not a new fitness regime. Do you see this? It's not a new relationship. It's not a divorce. It's not a new house. 
It's just, dare I say, a good shepherd who has laid down his life for his sheep. See, today I'm in need of Jesus and nothing else. Third, will you listen to the good shepherd's voice? What is he teaching you? Will you listen to his words? Will you trust him on his word? Is his word doing what it should in your life? Is it teaching you? Is it rebuking you? Is it correcting you? Is it training you? Where are you ignoring the word of the good shepherd? Where are you neglecting the word of the good shepherd? Perhaps something now comes to mind. You know through reading God's word, you've been hearing his voice, but you've been shunning it. You've just been putting it to a side. Surely no. God can't be correcting me there. Can't be rebuking me there. Can he be teaching me there? Can he be training me there? Would you listen to the good shepherd's voice? Four. Do you trust that the good shepherd will lie you down in pastures green? Do you trust that? Do do you trust that the good shepherd has got your very best in hand? Do you trust that he will sustain you? He's laid down his life for you. Do you not think that he will lead you to pastures green? Do you not think that he will lead you home? Oh, I'm tempted to forget that. Are very tempted to forget that. I kind of knew that I was in need of rescue. I was knew, knew that I was in need of, of saving. But now, do you know what my default often is? Just resort to trusting me. Just resort to thinking I know best. Five. Would you get to know your good shepherd? Would you get to know him more over the course of this summer? Would as Psalm 23 and as Johnny read this, would those words, the Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing, would that catapult us, propel us to get to know our good shepherd more, to trust him? To trust that he will lead, to trust that he will speak, to trust that he who has saved will sustain. Will I learn to trust him for absolutely everything? I've been away for three weeks and I've missed town church, genuinely. I miss the people, but I miss what people do for me here in the local town. Because what we're all about is trusting in the Lord Jesus. And we're the flock, the flock who keep pointing to the Lord Jesus, the good shepherd. And if you're not in a flock, a body of believers, it's so easy to go astray. And I missed town church. And so maybe all those five points are a good reminder for you to think, That's where I hear the good shepherd's voice. It's when I come under the sound of his word at town church. It's where I hear it being discussed and talked about in small groups, in growth groups. 
It's where in relationship, when we go out for coffees and a beer and a wine or a meal, it's where others at Town Church are reminding me of the good shepherd's voice. And I need you. We need each other to keep listening. Listening well to the good shepherd who has laid down his life for us. And the good shepherd who will. He will and he promises. Will lead us home. And he'll lead us home with us lacking no good thing. Oh, that I may trust that, really trust it and embrace it and love it and love him for it. I would love those words, I am the good shepherd and the words of Ezekiel 34 and the words of John 10. I would love those words to slip off my tongue as easy as is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? I would love to know it. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd will lay down his life for his sheep. So I wonder if there's a bit of memory verse learning to be done. I wonder if over the summer you take those I am sayings and you learn them and learn the context around them and learn a, a verse each. That would indeed be listening to the voice of the Good Shepherd. That's a challenge for me. And I'm going to try and do it. September, ask me. A verse or two around the I am sayings. Might be a challenge for all of us. We're going to stand and sing. The Lord is my shepherd. And as we sing this song, uh, may it be our prayer. We'll go into communion having... <coughs> And the feast to remember the good shepherd, to remember the good shepherd's voice. We'll do that in a moment. But as we sing this song, may this be our prayer of, of commitment, of understanding, of saying again, Lord, teach us. We want to listen to your voice because that's what his sheep do. They will listen to the voice of their shepherd. So let's stand if we're able and sing these wonderful words. Yeah.